Hello, folks, and welcome back to episode three of the Portadown Preview Show. I'm Neil Campbell, and alongside me, as always, I have Portadown Preview Show veteran Dave Wiggins. Dave, how are you? Veteran? This is the third episode, mate. <laughs> Although at the age of 41, I probably am a veteran right now. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. And listen, before we go any further, I need to give our kit manager, Jason Hall, a full and unequivocal apology for suggesting on last week's episode that you can get your Porta Down white away kit whiter than he can get the white Porta Down away kit. So, Jason, that's my apology. But I have also heard in the grapevine that you're pushing for an all-brown away kit next season. So I don't know if there's any truth in that. Back to you, Neil. Here, well, an all-brown kit for next season wouldn't go amiss considering some of our performances recently, but we'll get on to that. Uh, (laughs) Also joining us, uh, very pleased to announce Gareth Hanna. Uh, Gareth works for the Belfast Telegraph and BBC Radio Ulster. Gareth, we're um, delighted to have you on the show. How are you? I'm I'm very good. Pleasure to be on. Thank you very much for for asking me, despite um, where I'm from. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. I'm not sure. There's a little bit of blue in the top corner of your screen there, and I'm really hoping it's not a Glen Allen top, is it? What? Where? I don't know what you're talking about. I can't see it. Where? All right. Very good. I know. I know what you mean. There you go. So first question is, Gareth, have you ever seen Glen Allen win the league? <laughs> Very good, dude. That's the only reason you asked me to come on, isn't it? I can just go now. Is that it? That's you you're done with me. Oh, listen, we've got you on for your... Uh, I was going journey. to say the first division, but we didn't even Armagh won it that year. <laughs> <laughs> right, you got up through the playoffs. But listen, no, we brought you on, obviously, because of your journalistic experience and you watch a lot of football and other sport as well. We'll forgive the Glenavon thing, um, <laughs> but we'll maybe talk about them a little bit later on. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, pleasure to be on. No problem, Gareth. Uh, we're delighted to have you on board. Um, this season, obviously, you've been covering a variety of different teams, a variety of different games. Have you had the pleasure of watching Portland this season much? I haven't at all, actually. I did warn Dave of this when he asked me to come on, but um, he assured me it would be okay. Um, so no, haven't just the highlights and stuff is all I've seen of Portadown this year, um, which is a pity, hopefully before too long, although not this weekend, I'm not done this weekend. So I've really just seen more on point this season um, and Carrick, that's about it. Haven't really seen anybody else. Listen, you're still. Are you still climbing the Radio Ulster ladder? Is that why you have to watch Warren <laughs> yeah. Point and Carrick on a Saturday? Yeah, well, well uh, to be fair, I think Warren Point would actually be above Portadown right now. So I've obviously climbed the ladder too high for you boys, maybe. Wow, serious be- banter already this episode. <laughs> be- now, be very careful here, Dave, because remember what I said to you last week about your prediction. I hope this doesn't come back to haunt us. And then, long behold, on Sunday morning, there's a video made about this show with a fake laugh in the background. Thank you to, I think it was Charlie McGill from Warren Point Town. I found that rather amusing. So thanks for that. Neil, I don't even, I don't mind that because I've told my children that I'm now a meme and they're all over it. They think it's class. <laughs> yes, uh, it was a friend of mine. He said, he goes, Neil, you're famous. And I was like, what are you on about? And then he sent the link and I just went, oh, it was only a matter of time, wasn't it really? <laughs> yeah. and, and also a uh, Portadown supporter, Mark Cornett, who most people just see running 10Ks all over the town. He ran past me up the town two days ago and shouted, Wiggins, you're a flipping jinx. You're nothing but a jinx. So I'm not giving any predictions this week. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't the exact quote was, if it's right, it'll look really good. And if it's wrong, nobody will know. That worked out well for you, Dave. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, speaking of the Warren Point game, I think it's uh, we should start there. Uh, obviously, last week the the game on Saturday at Shamrock Park was sort of billed as must win for both teams, and both of us predicted Portadown wins, as did Chris Sherrod, who was also here last week. Uh, it didn't pan out that way. Um, me personally, I thought it was first half a decent performance. I thought we were very unlucky to be going in at nil nil at half time, but then the second half it fell apart. Um, Gareth, we'll start with yourself. Uh, what did you make of the game of what you saw of it? Well, yeah, what I saw and un- heard of it was really just, well, I heard what Matthew Tipton said after the game, and I thought he just called it spot on, very simple, but Portadown had the best of the first half, didn't take the chances, and then paid for it in the second half, and that's probably just exactly what happened. It was probably, um, like, in the first division, you could probably get away with missing those chances that you missed in the first the first half but that's probably just the difference of this season when you're in top you have to take your chances because it's very rarely if ever you're going to dominate a full 90 minutes like every single team in this league are good enough to dominate you for 20 or 30 minutes no matter who you are so whenever you miss those chances you have to probably expect what ended up happening um and warm points certainly do have do have that bit of quality particularly up front so um, yeah, probably just maybe that little bit of like I know you've said before in the podcast, Dave, that you don't want to talk about poor Down having a young team. Maybe you don't want to use it as an excuse, but maybe it's easier for me to point it out than coming in as an outsider that I don't even really see it as an excuse. I think maybe it's just um, that it's realistic and it's it's maybe just part of the, the learning curve that the team has to go on. Yeah, I think I predicted a 3 0 victory and. In actual fact, it should have been a 3-0 victory. You know, we should have been out of sight in the first half. It really was all ported down in the first half. You know, there was bonus at a couple of chances, one really good chance, to be fair to the keeper. He had a, he had a great first half. Um, Sam Ward had a good chance. I think Ben Gay had a chance. And there was another couple of half chances as well. And it really was one-way traffic in the first half. Um, and then, unfortunately, in the second half, it didn't really happen there. Yeah, to me, it seemed like the tactics just went out the window. Now, Portadown under Tippy have always been, you know, playing the ball out from the back, knocking it on the deck, you know, sort of free-flowing football, as they say. But in the second half, it just seemed to me that it went out the window from minute 46 and it was just lumping it up the, the pitch, which, to be honest, I don't really think suits us, especially if Stephen Murray's not playing. Um, I don't think we we're playing to our front three strengths there. And then yeah. it just it, it, it went... Um, they went AWOL from there, but Warren Point do have uh, a lot of quality players. I don't. I often think they don't get the credit they deserve. Um, Gareth, you've covered Warren Point. You would obviously know a lot more about them than we would. Um, they do have some quality players in there, and I find that sometimes their results aren't a fair reflection of how good a team they actually are. And like we all know, Barry Gray's a, a good manager as well. Mm, yeah, no, absolutely. And they're probably, I haven't looked it up in sort of preparation for this, but I would say they're probably one of the, I'm guessing, but probably one of the youngest teams in the league as well. Um, they're probably in a fairly similar position to Portadown and, and they do certainly have those players um, up top that can hurt you. I'm a wee bit surprised that uh, Alan O'Sullivan's leaving them because I always thought like any time I see them, he's one of their standout players. Or Well, he's on the transfer list, isn't he? He didn't go. Sure he didn't before the No, deadline. he didn't He didn't go. Uh, it, it sort of feels like one of those ones where... I don't know, there's maybe something going on there and he wants away and they've maybe smoothed it over or something like that. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, it seemed to be, um, obviously, Paddy McNally's not playing the rest of this season and then Adam McCallum had stepped in and, of course, he got injured early in the second half. 
as our centre back, which meant that we had to reshuffle. And um, not sure who went in went in the centre back at that stage. It was, it was Kevin Healy went from left back to centre back, and then yeah. Chris Lavery came on at left back. Yeah, and then so uh, you know, I suppose then very quickly, Warren Point scored a goal and. Um, it seemed to come down that side. So I suppose as players were settling into the reshuffle, mm-hmm. um, I, I suppose, I know Tippy's already mentioned it, and it's the sort of thing that you, when you're on the pitch, you might notice, but when you're watching it, you sort of, it's really obvious. Um, our, a couple of our players were trying to claim for a throw in, but the Warren Point player just took the throw in and then scored a goal from it really quickly. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's one of those ones when you're in primary school and, and the teacher tells you to play to the whistle. It's sort of one of the one of the first things you ever learn, but uh, it's easier said than done when you're when you're under that pressure on the pitch as well. Um, but Warren Point had a had a good second half. We didn't we didn't really play and pass and move like we had in the first half. Um, so it was very disappointing, you know, it left Shamrock Park with the stuff and knocked out of me really um, after that match. Because if we had have beaten Warren Point, I think we were right up alongside them. Is that right, Neil? Yeah, um, it would have put us in a really good position. Um, obviously, the result didn't go away, and it was it was what it was the game that we sort of earmarked that we really needed to win because obviously they're in the round us. But after that, obviously with Limfield away. Then we have Corain away coming up here and Larn away. So realistically, the Warren Point game was the game that I think everybody had pinpointed as the game that was must win if we if you know if we did want to get some points on the board over the next couple of weeks. Um it's funny you're saying I think everybody that was there, like you know, myself included, we were all really disappointed so much that as soon as the game was over, the lights and all went out. Really, it was just like everyone just wanted to get away, get away. <laughs> was, yeah. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. it was, it was. Uh uh, but it's one of them things, you know, we've just got to dust ourselves down and get on with it. Um, like yeah. we talked about in the first week, I think if, at the start of the season, if you've been offered 10th place, you know, you'd have bit your hand off for it. And, uh, you know, realistically, that was always where we're going to be in the round. So uh, had we beat Warren Point, it would have sort of dragged them into that mix as well. But they're sort of, you know, pulled away a teeny bit. So mm-hmm. it's one of them things, just going to have to get on with it now and, I was going to say look forward to this Saturday, but obviously in between that, uh, we had the Linfield game, uh, which also did not go to plan. Uh, Dave, what, what were your thoughts on that game? Um, I never fancy us at Windsor Park, really. Um, it's a completely different experience. Linfield recently struggled a little bit when they come to Shamrock Park. You know, it's always quite close. Um, not that we've beaten them too often, but it's always much closer. When we go to Windsor Park, you know, when you think about our results, we've been beaten 5 0 at Solitude, 5 0 at Seaview. I didn't expect uh, anything less than that when I was thinking about us going to Windsor Park. So, the long and short of it, listen, there was a whole lot of slobbering done on Facebook and on the forums and that kind of stuff. But I think a lot of our supporters need to be realistic that, you know, that Linfield, you know, front five, Gareth, are, they're pretty amazing. You know, there's internationals yeah. in there, there's Players with we loads of goals. And internationals. Like, yeah, so yeah. What, what do you expect? Yeah. Um, and you played against Shane Lowry, who has potentially his best game for Linfield yet. Yeah. Like that's the first time he scored more than one goal in a league game since uh, September 2019. Like right, he hasn't okay. been pulling up trees, and then you just happened to get him on that night where everything he hit went in. Yeah. So it's like, but you have to expect that against Linfield too. Like, I know it's a cliche, but like, that's not the games that, that matter. I know Matthew Tippin said, was it after that game in his interview? He said like, you know, I'm not coming to any game thinking we're going to get beat. What's the point? But at the same time, like you can't, as supporters, you can't 
start turning around and lambasting a, a really young team because they're getting beat at the best team in the league. Yeah, I mean, 1996, 2002, that's a long time ago now. We're in a different era here where we've just got promoted. Uh, like you said, Neil, if we finish 10th this season, I'll be over the moon because that is realistically what our target is. So to be disappointed to be beaten 3-0 by Linfield at Windsor Park by, I mean, an excellent strike force. I haven't even mentioned their experienced defence, their midfielders, their wingers, you know, players like Naziri. Uh, you know, those are those are top quality Irish league players. And, um, you know, you don't expect, you don't go there expecting to 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 beat them or roll them over, you know, at, at the very best, you maybe think, you know, we could nick a draw or something. So to get beaten 3-0 by Linfield at Windsor Park, for me, you know, every match is difficult, but I don't expect to win those matches. You know, we disappointing maybe we didn't create as many chances as we should have. Stephen Murray, there was one sort of half chance in the first half. Stephen Murray came on the second half and had a lovely shot just round the post. Um, but apart from that, we were kind of just trying to defend and trying to hold them off. And to be honest, you know, maybe in another day, Linfield could have beaten us 5 or 6-0. But um, the last half an hour, we defended quite well. And when we made substitutions, we attacked them a little bit without too much success. So, yeah, you just for me, you just mark that one off as a defeat at Windsor Park against Linfield and you move on to the next match. And three now probably par for the par for the course, realistically, too. Wasn't a disaster. Nothing yeah. to be exercised about, I wouldn't think. I think so. Well when you think that, you know, like Warren Point went there and conceded six, Carrick went there and conceded five. So it's not like Linfield haven't been slapping everyone about up there. And we did talk about that last week as well. So it was one of them ones where I thought when we conceded the first goal, it was as if we were already beat. It just the players just looked drained where they just thought we're not going to get back into this here are we and to be fair we didn't create much at all uh, you know I think in a sense a 3-0 defeat was, was in a sense better than what the score probably should have been to be honest so yeah. like Linfield were all over us from the from the, the get-go right to the very end and even the third goal they were like lining up they hit had a shot at the goal it was cleared off the line they hit, they hit the post and then it was whacked in the third time round so yeah it was and, and listen, this this is an excuse. This is just the reality of the situation. It's her it's her third game in a week. Um, you know, you're playing there against Linfield, who are almost a full time team. Probably next season will be a full time team, and you know, we're a part time team just promoted. So you have to weigh all those things up. I didn't see. I'm not on Facebook, but you were saying there was a lot of disparaging comments. Was there what what was said, or was there people giving off, or or whatnot? Um, well, it's Facebook, so f- for me, it's probably maybe our slightly older generation who lived through the golden years, and you know, to expect that straight away from a newly promoted team just isn't realistic for me. You know, I when I when I think about the future, you sort of think you hope you hope that Portadown might be in an Irish Cup final sometime in the next ten years and potentially win it um, for a provincial team to win the league ever again. Whether you're talking about you know, Coleraine, Ballymena, Glenavon, Portadown, those teams. That's a once in a lifetime thing. I've, you know, I've been lucky enough to see it four times in my life, but will I see that ever again? You know, it's very unlikely. So we have to be realistic. We're a team competing. We have to be in there. And as each season goes on, then you hope that you maybe climb one place and one place, get into the top half of the table, maybe in a couple of seasons and, and, you know, look to push on from there. Maybe, 
a wealthy benefactor comes in and starts writing checks all over the place or not writing checks these days, but, you know, sending bank transfers here, there and everywhere. We wouldn't be totally against that, but I kind of like where we are. We're steadily building and we're getting back on a solid footing and hopefully we'll start to push up the table as the, the next few seasons go on. The Irish League's totally changed too to what it ever was before. It's effectively two leagues in one now. You have a full-time league of teams that should be at the top bar, whatever is going on at Lindoran, because like to have a full-time team sitting seventh or wherever they are is mental right now. But yeah. like that shouldn't happen. The full-time teams should pull away from everybody else every single season from now on, or else something has gone badly wrong. And that's just the reality of it. It's like from a few years ago, whenever Donovan had uh, Braniff and Bradley and St. Paddy McCourt and you're thinking cheapers they could have a real go at winning the league here and now it's like how does a team like Portadown or Glenavon ever get to that stage now it just looks more difficult than ever but and I know you don't want to or you don't like talking about the age thing but I just think it's fascinating at the minute that Portadown and Glenavon are probably in fairly similar positions um, as to like where they are relative to those big teams but if you look at Portadown's team on Tuesday night there was an average age of just over 21. And that's with Greg Hall in it, who's 31. If you take mm-hmm. him out, it's under 21. Um, not that I'm saying 31's really old. It's not. I'm very <laughs> like, But like the, the next oldest player after Greg Hall and that poor down starting 11, who do you think it was and what age? Um, uh, hold on. Let me think about that. So Greg Hall would have been... Probably Paul Finnegan, Paul I would Finnegan. say. Maybe 25 or 6, was he? 20, 24. So Paul yeah. Finnegan and uh, Ben Tilney, both 24, and they're your second and third oldest players in your starting 11. Like, that's mental. That's mm. absolutely mental. Um, so, like, like, that's not an excuse. That's But that shows you what, to me, that shows a plan going forward. Like, you have a team yeah. where it's basically all young players. So if you look at that compared to the average ages of, I worked out earlier, the two teams that you're going to play this week, so Coleraine and Lauren. So their average ages from Tuesday's matches, Coleraine's, was 27.6, Lawrence 28.5. Like their team's right in their peak. So you yeah, get yeah. down now at 21. They have six years to catch up on those teams. So if you keep this squad together for six years, probably not Greg Hall. He'd be 37 then. He'd probably be away. No, <laughs> if- Greg Hall will not be away. Greg Hall will be in that team until he's about 41, <laughs> 42. Not a baller. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, like that's, that's the type of thing you're talking about. It's not as yeah. if it's just a newly promoted team. It's a newly promoted team of basically all young guys who, like, you have to give them a bit of understanding that they're still learning their trade because they're just kids, really. Um, yeah. So, like, I just think that's a really fascinating thing. And Glenavon as well. John you know average age in Chiefs Not really, to be honest. As, as a no, team go on ahead, built. then. Go on ahead. Have a guess. As a team that's also, that's also building. Mm. 24. 23. 28.8. Right. Wow. Average so there was like four or five of them were over 30. The new keeper, Highland, Doyle, Garrett, O'Connor and Ward, all over 30 and that's starting at 11. So like, to me, that it's it's interesting because both these teams are obviously trying to build to achieve something, to win an Irish Cup or something, as you say, but just yeah. two totally different um, strategies to do it. I just think yeah. it's fascinating. And yeah. I think I'm really excited to see how Portadowns does because like, as I know from sort of working a wee bit with Tippin and uh, talking to some of the players and stuff like it's just a real family atmosphere and things and it, to me it doesn't look like any of these young guys are dying to get away at any stage do you know what I mean I just think yeah. it's going to be fascinating to see where is this poor down team going to be in six years I, know. I, I think it'll be really interesting 
yeah, it's all about keeping them together and keeping them happy and keeping them playing and progressing because to progress, I suppose they have to be playing every week. Um, you would have seen this, Gareth, but on the on the live stream of Linfield v Portadown the other night, well, you maybe saw it on Twitter. Um, no disrespect to Linfield TV and, and all those guys did a very good job and, uh, you know, their pre-match and their halftime stuff and everything was excellent, but they had left up the graphic of the Glenavon team from the week before. <laughs> so they had, it said... Ported down team, and then it was like the full Glenavon team manager Gary Hamilton. So I took out a little picture and said, "Worst lineup in Ported Down's history." You know, <laughs> had, had a little chuckle anyway. Very good, Gareth. There, uh, you're talking about uh, obviously Ported Down being a newly promoted team. Obviously, it's it's in the news this week. There won't be any newly promoted teams uh, for next season. What did you make of the curtailment of the championship and the Premier Intermediate? Uh, yeah, I think it's probably fair enough, isn't it? Like, they haven't started, so at this stage, we're in February now, it's probably unrealistic, and is there going to be funding available to test all those players? I highly doubt it, considering the Premiership ones have only so far got four weeks, that's run out next week, we need to see what happens after that, but um, so to ask them all to come back and play without testing, probably unrealistic for them to get a full league season in, or anything near, to get 22 games in for them now, it's going to be really difficult probably, so I think it was inevitable to me, really, and um, yeah. probably. And pro- yeah, and you know what? Inevitable, and probably thinking back, Portadown are so fortunate that we did get promoted last season. <laughs> yeah, because if, if we had, you know, if we hadn't, if that league had have ended without promotion, and then this season you don't get promotion, you're so far behind, and we've just about scraped into the Premiership and are sort of trading water to stay there this season and then try and push forward. So it could have been a very different situation. Talking selfishly for Portadown, but this is a Portadown show. Um, you know, I feel very relieved that we're yeah. in there. You know, it just really been- delighted. You should have been doing cartwheels when that was announced. <laughs> but it right now, it's fantastic. I feared the worst. I feared the worst last season. Whenever the season got curtailed, I was like, oh, no, please let this not go against us here because no. another no disrespect to the championship if they had a said during the championship for another season oh it's been horrible Those, and, uh, but you know what it, it took you know we we knew the league had ended and we were top but it took so long for whoever niffle to confirm that we were champions i didn't even have the heart to like congratulate tippy or to say anything to any players because it didn't want to jinx it or anything but yes, uh, I mean, wh- when we when it was finally confirmed, of course, we were over the moon. And um, looking back now, I'm, I'm totally delighted where we are. Um, yeah, I, I think it's the right. There's no point in the in the championship starting in March or April and trying to get finished by the summer. It just, you know, what's the point in squeezing it into two or three months? Just kind of, you know, it gives teams like Harlan and Wolfwell there's a chance to finish their stadium and maybe some of those teams I'm listen of course they're they're disappointed and the bigger teams like Dundella, Balna Mallard in that division they're obviously and Uri, they're obviously pretty annoyed about it um but it's the reality of of where we are and hopefully they can play that tournament they're talking about and those teams can still be in the Irish Cup fingers crossed because I wouldn't want to see the Irish Cup being just premiership teams as well there needs to be more of a mix in there but I think it's going to be played regardless of if there's two teams entered. I think they'll play it because yeah. the, the, like the AFA have this uh, record of that it has been played for consecutively for two thousand years or whatever it is, and they are yeah. not going to give that up regardless. I think like 
it's yeah. going to be played. If two teams enter it, it'll be played. I, I think. Do you think, like, think, think it'll be redrawn then? Pardon? Could you see it being oh. redrawn? Potentially, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, that's the thing. It, there's there was people talking about oh, they could maybe do it where you would get uh, anyone that had a championship team, you would get a buy. And I was like, well, you, that's not fair. And Portadown and Valamina, and then I think it's Korean are playing Crusaders, and then Dungan are playing Glenavon. I was like, so everyone gets a buy, and then us six teams get. Mm-hmm. Get shafted a bit. I was like, I don't really think that's fair. They surely have to redraw it. So uh, I think they should just go go straight to the final and feel be Lentor, and they would love that. Sure, that would be it done and dusted. They don't, wouldn't care who won them. <laughs> Do you think uh, with the championship being curtailed, uh, that there is now less pressure on the teams in the Premiership? Like, do you think a lot of teams now at the bottom, you know, the likes of Carrick, Portadown, Warren Point, Dungannon, you know, would it would there be a you know a would they feel a lot calmer now and, you know, they're not panicking as much and, you know, they'll be able to maybe have a go more at teams now if they know they're not going to be relegated. How do you see that working out? They should be. I think it's particularly for Portadown as much or more than anyone. I think this is ideal. I think this couldn't have been better because, like, again, you have all those young players, but now you're just able to, like, before you tell them to go out there and they're maybe, like, it's obviously in the back of the mind, Jeepers might get relegated here. Now it's just... Go out and play. Go out and enjoy yourselves. Go out and see what this league's about. Go out and do what you do. And maybe maybe that frees them up. They get a couple of good results, which boosts confidence going into next year. And then they have all of these young guys have a year of top-level football behind them, which a lot of them currently don't. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I don't want us finishing below 10th, 11 at worst, because I don't want any other team to have the excuse, especially our friendly neighbours from Lurgan, to say, oh, you should have been relegated that season, you jammy, yeah. whatever, you know. So 10th at the worst 11th, I'll be happy enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, well, I always said at the start of the season, I would have bit your hand off for 10th place. Mm-hmm. So that being said, we're talking about hopefully going out and playing and getting a few results this weekend. Coring away, uh, usually a, a very difficult place to go for Portadown. It's a very difficult place to go for the vast majority of teams in the Irish League. How can you see that going this weekend, Garth? You know, what, what way do you think Portadown should approach that game? Um... Uh, defensively, <laughs> like the beat us three 0 at Shamrock Park, Gareth. It's really hard going to any of these teams, isn't it? Like Coleraine are one of those top sixes. They're not one of the um, full time teams, but they're that next tier along with probably Cliftonville and Ballymena of um, that. They're still uh, like they're still in another little mini division ahead of Portadown, I think. Um, so getting results away at any of these teams is very very difficult. Like if you're if you're going into a bookies on Saturday morning, you're probably not going to be putting poor down on on your slip, like, um, which is just the harsh reality of where it is now. But um, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, I think it'll be very difficult. Dave. Yeah. What? What's your thoughts? Corey and away on Saturday. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Don't predict a win because it, like don't predict a win. You should have learned. Okay, your- we're gonna get beaten nine one. <laughs> yeah, and, and hopefully, hopefully stuff. that means we'll scrape a draw. Listen, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm going up to the match because uh, a good friend of mine, Dave, looks after all the Coolery and media stuff. So he's asked if we'll go up and do a little thing just before the match and at halftime as well. So any excuse to get there, I did his hand off to do it. Um, but. I'm looking forward to going there. Uh, like any of these away matches, usually when you go into Coleraine, you're on the bus. It's it's a bit of a day out. Great social club up there, the lounge, and you can you can see the match from it. There's there's all that stuff, so it, it'll be disappointing for supporters not to be there. And um, 
I don't expect us, you know, well, listen, uh, you know, we, you can talk about tactics and formations and previous results and who's better and who's worse and who's got more money and who's got a younger team. But the reason we watch football is because, you know, Brighton can beat Liverpool 1-0. So why can't Portadown go and beat Cool Rain? It could be done. Don't expect it. I expect us to go out and do our best and put together some nice passages of play, maybe get a goal. That goal might be enough to win the match. That goal might be enough to draw the match. Realistically, Coleraine are at home. They're overall a more experienced, a better team than us um, in the medium term. But on our day, I think Chris said last week, you know, when we were going to play Linfield, we should treat it like a cup match and we should treat all our matches like cup matches. And you can beat any team on the day. You know, if you're going by logic, no, we won't win. But could we win? Yeah, no reason why not. Um, Can I get a prediction? 9-1. I think I said 9-1 already. Did I not? Well, you're sticking with that, Ben? No, I'm not. Listen, I'm going for... uh, I'm going to go for a 2-1 Coleraine victory. (laughs) Fair enough. Listen, you know, see over the years going up to the showgrounds, I I remember... Corey and Portadown up there is usually quite a high-scoring game. Like you know, I remember, I remember a four-three defeat up there. I remember a three-all draw when both teams were vying to get into the top six in 2010. You know, it's usually high-scoring goals. Um, if it's high-scoring this weekend, hopefully, you know, it's, it's Portadown getting the result. But it will be immeasurably difficult up there, especially as they're on a great run of form at the minute. Yeah, um, I think one one thing we have to consider as well is injuries. You know, McNally's out for the season. You've now got our other centre back, McCallum. He's injured. I texted Matthew Tipton today to see if he would give me the the, the lowdown about injuries. Uh, so you know, Lee Bonus crocked the other night. Taggart didn't play the other night. Ward got injured the other night. Luke Wilson still isn't back. Um, so there's there's a few few uh, starting players who aren't there, but it gives other players a chance to come in and show what they can do as well. You know, you've got. Oshin Connolly there, who played against Linfield, who did fine. Um, I don't know who will come in in the midfield. You've maybe George back in there um, with a point to prove. He's been on the bench for the last few weeks. Um, so y- you just don't know. You know, Lee Bonus isn't probably going to start on Saturday. He's injured. So who comes back in? Does Sally get a start? Um, does him and Murray both get a start? Who knows? It just depends on the formation and um, what the, the manager and the coaches uh, want to do going into the game. Yeah. No, it, it will be a very difficult game and it'll be interesting to see what sort of team we have for Saturday. Um, either way, as you say, you know, the shackles are off a wee bit now. There's no relegation. Some of these players have the opportunity here that they've been, maybe been waiting for for quite a while to prove a point. So, all being well, you know, the, they'll take the ball and grab it with two hands there and, and hopefully get a good result. Um, that leads us on to the, the our next game of next week. Um, all equally as difficult, if not slightly more so. Lauren away. Um, obviously, Lauren, big things have been happening there. Uh, Davey mentioned earlier on about an owner coming in and plenty of bank transfers going on. Uh, Gareth, what do you make of what's going on at Lauren at the minute? That's Tuesday night, is it, Neil? Yeah. Tuesday yeah. night, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's great. Um, really, I think fair play to them. Like, it's not as it like Kenny Bruce is obviously wants the best for his town and is doing a lot for the whole Larn area, not just football club. He's not just coming in and treating this like a game of football manager. Do you know what I mean? He's he's there to try and make his town a better place. 
and I think fair play to them. Like, just I just think it's fascinating to watch, and they seem to be going about it all the right way, and they play lovely football too. So I think it's great to watch. It's something different for the league. It's somebody outside Belfast to challenge for the league, which uh, it's maybe not common in the most romantic of football ways, but like um, for us uh, non-city folk, it's uh, it's good to see somebody from outside Belfast having a chance to win something. Um, so no, I think I think it's good. Um, um, like if somebody come in to pour down over it, you're not going you're not going to turn it down. I think it's the best thing that's ever happened. Um, so fair play to them. Um, as regards poor down going there again, it'll be difficult. I was just thinking going to Korean, like the the types of players that will make those trips easier are probably the Ben Tilneys that like that you've signed that have that experience. They're still young, but have that experience um, of playing in those big games. So uh, if you can get one or two more players like that, maybe they help the younger guys through those likes of big games at Korean. Obviously, he'll be no use to you then next Tuesday night. Um, yeah. because he's on loan, so he'll not be playing. Um, but again, yeah, very difficult. The Larn had a shaky month there in January. So like, you just never know. You just never know. Um, I think he can get at Lauren and, yeah. and you know even the last sort of few years in the championship there when Lauren Russell there you know Portadown they always lifted it against Lauren so I, I don't see why we can't go up there and have a go at them I think a lot of teams are going up to Lauren now and just freezing before you know they've even started oh Lauren they've got all the money here the best players in the world it is, it is quite cold up there though with the wind coming off the harbour you know <laughs> and uh, here the best thing about Lauren is the boat out uh, but the players, you know, a lot of players will go up there and freeze and they're like, oh, no, big Lauren, you know. But if they go up there with an open mind, there's, I don't see why there's any reason why you can't go up there and get a result, especially now, you know, on, on Lauren, you know, because they have spent a lot of money, they have got a lot of new players in, the, the, the pressure's on them and they're chasing Linfield um, at the minute. So they have to go at us. Could that suit Portadown? Hopefully so. Uh, Dave, what do you think? You know, what, what's your thoughts? You know, what, what, what way would you approach the game against Lauren? Would you have a go or would you sit back and be more defensive, like Garth said about the Korean game? Yeah, I think it's because I think because we're on a 4G pitch, my first prediction is probably we'll wear our white kit, um, which will be lovely. <laughs> and uh, the match, <laughs> very difficult, you know. <laughs> it's Neil, do you want to watch things afterwards? Just in case. Here, I like our third kit. You know, we haven't wore it yet this season, so I'm hoping we wear it uh, next week. You know, I'm sitting at it here and I really like it. Um, listen, I don't know how the Larn match is going to go. Uh, expected to beat us, of course. You know, they're on their, they're on their home pitch. They're in their home stadium. Um, it's a 4G pitch. We usually play on a grass pitch at home. Uh, yeah, they, at the end of the day, they're pushing to win the league this year. They're... You know, that's I imagine that's their goal this year. They'll probably say us to finish in the top four, but the amount of money that's been put in there, um, full time setup, full time situation, they'll be expecting to push on and, and be as close to winning the league as they can. So they're under a different type of pressure to a team like Portadown. But uh, like you said, they'll come at us, and probably I feel when we've had our best results have been when we have been playing on the counter-attack. So Mournview Park, for example, first game of the season. I'm trying to say it without a smile, seeing a bit Gareth <laughs> here, but you know, at the end of the day, we hit Glenavon four goals on the counter-attack. And uh, Lauren will have to be careful of that. Listen, they're strong up front, good midfield, so much experience, Premier League, English Premier League players. Um, and their defence is really good as well. 
So listen, it'll be it'll be good to watch. Um, it'll be something different for us. It's one of those things. I always feel like we play better against stronger teams. Um, I always. I agree with you. I you know, agree with it's that. like. But the unfortunate thing about that is, you know, against your Linfields and your Balaminas and your whoever, you know, you play well and you get narrowly beaten two one. You don't get any points for that. Whereas if you're playing against Warren Point and you get beaten two 0 at home. You know, it's it's more devastating because they've taken points off you, points that you've expected to win this season. So I think again, Portadown can go out, enjoy the game, enjoy the experience, um, try and do as best as they can, try and score a goal. That that goal might be enough to win the game. Um, but we will have to work very hard to stop Lauren scoring goals. Maybe the 4G pitch might suit some of those players that Portadown have now back from England. And obviously, like anybody that goes to England is very technically gifted. So maybe the 4G pitch might um, might suit them okay. Although now that I've said that, I realise you just got absolutely hooked at Cliftonville earlier season, didn't you? So that really and didn't C- CV as that. well. CV as well, yeah. So this point is just wrong then, basically. So <laughs> five 0 defeat prediction then. <laughs> um, just on the players coming back from England, what have you made of uh, of Ben Guy? I know he's been back in there in the last uh, the last couple of games. Um, I think he probably found Windsor Park more difficult. Um, I think he played quite well against uh, Warren Point. Who did we play the week before that? Theaters, Cruz. Yeah, Cruz. Yeah, I thought he played well that game. Um. He's only a young lad, Gareth. I think he's 19, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's just, he's fine his feet. Listen, he's lovely on the ball and he's going to he's gonna be in some games and not in some games as much. But uh, I think he's a good player and he's getting a lot of experience playing with us in, in a man's league, playing against men every Saturday and Tuesday. So he's getting a lot of football. And I think that can only benefit him and will probably benefit us as well. Um yeah, I like him. And what I like about him the most is he's moved over, he's living in Portadown, he just he's dying to play football, you know. He could he could be sitting over in England there at Villa and maybe playing, you know, under twenty three football or whatever it is, but he's he's come over and he's moved over and he really wants to play football. And I think he got injured at that first match of the season and he was just dying to get back every week. He was just trying to get back. So you you want people who want to play for your football team, don't you? Who want to put the effort in every week and that's as much as you can ask. Um, if the management think that somebody's good enough, then you want them to come over and just put their effort in every Saturday. And I think all of our players do that on a Saturday and a Tuesday and a Saturday and a Tuesday, the way it's going, yeah. You know, just on some of the highlights, there's sort of some wee bits of play. Like, uh, like was it the crew? I can't remember which match it is. Like, sort of just jinking in, getting shots off and stuff. He looks, mm. uh, he looks fairly gifted, but there's only so much you can see on uh, on highlights. And after yeah. everything that happened to him earlier in the season, it would be nice to see him sort of kicking on now and having a having a good second half. Yeah. Well, when you've been saying there about the new signings, um, albeit he's not going to be available against Lauren next week for obvious reasons. I've been really impressed with Ben Tilney. I think he's a quality player. And I said it last week as well. There's no point me, you know, saying it again, but he's I've been very impressed with him. So um I'm hoping that we can maybe keep him next season. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Um but regards to other really? players you're know, coming in, like uh keeper Jacob Carney's came in. Um he's looked very good, very commanding, not afraid to come off his line and you know catch balls, punch balls. He, he doesn't seem to be phased at all by some of the big strap and centre-halves and centre-forwards. You know, you get a, a corner. So I've been very impressed with him as well. So 
And as you said, I'd be interested to see how he's going to cope here with, you know, with a way up the Korean and way up the Larne places that, as you say, you know, can be quite difficult to go and especially like the weather as well. So, yeah, fingers crossed he'll be able to deal with that okay. Ben Tilly's um, an, an absolutely unbelievable signing. I, like, I just can't get my head around it that Larne have let him go anytime. I'm not seeing them every week, but anytime I saw him playing for Larne, I thought he was one of their best players. I just, um, left-footed, long hair, Tricky feet. What more do you want in a winger? That's he's perfect. So, especially, like, especially the long haired part. I think exactly. you like him so much because you're growing his hair like him as well. Yeah. Is that true? Between him and Stephen McCulloch uh, and Jamie Lagan a little bit. Yeah, they're all my inspirations. <laughs> all, all this, all the silky ball players. You love them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think he's a brilliant player though. If poor Dan can hold on to him, um, at, like beyond this season, then it'd be absolutely fantastic. Um, and like you know, two or three more of those signings who are like that little bit older than the really young guys coming into their proper prime now. Th- those are the sort of signings that can really kick Portadown on fairly quickly if you can get two or three of them, I think. Speaking of signings, obviously, since we uh, did the show last week, Portadown have also signed uh, Eamon Skinnell um, from Linfield on loan. Um, Dave, do you think he'll go straight in this week? Um, I don't know a lot about him, to be perfectly honest. I think he's an opportunity probably to be in the squad this week. I think he played for Warren Point as well on loan. Um, yep. Gareth, have you seen much of him at all? No, no, no. not that I, certainly not that I remember anyway. No, um, yeah. I'm not sure. don't know too much about him. So, I, I'd assume, you know, he's, he's a left back. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm assuming, like obviously he wouldn't have been able to play against the Blues there midweek, but I'm assuming he'll be in the squad this weekend. Um, and especially... You know, after what happened last week, Kevin Healy had to go into the, the middle. So I'm assuming there's going to be a left-back position open here for Saturday. So I'm assuming he will be in the squad. Yeah, probably will be, yeah. So that, that would be, be nice to get a look at him in some of these games as well, yeah. Well, fellas, um, if there's anything more to add, you know, we've, we've talked about the Korean game, the Lauren game. In fact, here, do you know what? I know we're saying about predictions how, if po- how many points would you accept out of the next two games? Like, would you think realistically, you know, what do you think we'll get? I'm not asking for a specific prediction, but what would yeah. you think would be a good return? Um, realistically, we're going to get no points. I'll be over the moon with the point. Yeah. I'm the same as you. I I think this is a free hit here. The next couple of games for Portadown, uh, as in, because not many teams are going to these places and getting positive results. So. I think if we got a point or two points, it'd be absolutely superb return, to be honest. If anybody thinks one point out of these next two games isn't a brilliant return, then neither head seem to. Yeah. That's just a a wee mention for the Isle Boys on Facebook. Don't be (laughs) expecting anything. A point would be over the moon. That's what I was going to say. You know, it's 2021. There's plenty of Twitter trolls rolling about. Like, so, um, yeah, I don't think they'd be happy. Sure, no matter what you do, you win, you lose. You know, there people are always good, no matter what. Um, well, listen, I think it's there. We can wrap it up, guys. Dave, thanks as always. Um, Gareth, thank you very much uh, for coming on board. I'd just like to say, um, to like and subscribe to We Are Ports TV and the guys at the media team put in a lot of effort. Um, and producing some great stuff there. We can catch up on all the previous shows, uh, post-match interviews, and obviously highlights of the games themselves. So give them a, a like and subscribe. You can also find them on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And yeah, follow the all the official club handles as well while you're at it, why not? So thanks very much and uh, be looking forward to next week. Brilliant. Cheers, Neil. All the best. Thanks, Gareth.
All right, thank you very much. Just before we go, I want to just want to say that all the all the work you guys are doing is fantastic, and all the the Ports TV stuff and, and everything is uh, absolutely brilliant. Uh, I think all the clubs have probably stepped up during lockdown, but the stuff you guys are doing, is brilliant. All the fans should be uh, should be giving you plenty of love for it because um, you you are doing this in your free time, and uh, I think it's uh, absolutely fantastic the stuff you're putting out. It's really really interesting and good stuff. So uh, yeah, well done on that. Thank you very much, Gareth. You're too kind. Oh, we'll get you back on anytime. You didn't you didn't mention Glenavon too much, so we, we appreciate no. that. But no. I think <laughs> I think I think we've got a double header against Glenavon in March. Yeah. So that'll yeah, be that'll is. be interesting. Maybe get maybe get you back on there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the sixth and the ninth of March, I think. I mean I don't really know, I think. Uh, you've got it bold <laughs> in your diary. Yeah. The best days of our lives. Right, lads? Good night. Cheers, guys. Appreciate you coming on. Cheers.